Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on. Clay and I are excited to talk to you today. Uh, we've got... Just to, to get us going here, they're doubling down on everything. I mean, this is no longer about Democrat versus Republican, left versus right, so much as it is just sane versus insane, Clay. That's what we are up against right now. People who are seemingly suffering from some form of mass anxiety disorder. You'll notice they get very touchy about the usage of some of the terms now uh, about mass anxiety or, or about a... Uh, mass mental illness of some kind. Mass formation psychosis is what they really hate you to say. They've got now vaccine and mask mandates. Just to, just for a quick overview, folks, going into effect in or already in effect in, of course, New York, Boston, D.C. Yeah, that's right. Vaccine passport. Minneapolis, I believe now. If your five year old isn't vaxxed, can't go into a gro- can't go into a restaurant. Los Angeles, San Francisco, you have all these men and other cities. I can't even keep track of all this all across the country. Meanwhile, you've got cases still exploding. You've even got Fauci out there saying that everybody essentially is going to get hit by Omicron at some point. I think in many respects, Omicron, with its extraordinary, uh, uh, unprecedented degree of efficiency of transmissibility, will ultimately find just about everybody. Ultimately find everybody, including our main man, Clay. How's it going over there, buddy? How you feeling? Yeah, yesterday, people may have heard me coughing and sneezing some during the course of the show. I had to point. People don't see behind the scenes, but a couple of times I had a coughing fit and I had to point to you. It was like Stockton to Malone. We put it away. Yeah, right yeah, away. Uh, to, uh, to, to pick back up. I, so I tested yesterday uh, positive for Omicron. And some people say, well, why did you decide to test? Uh, the answer is I never got tested when I had alpha back in uh, the alpha version back in November of 2020 of COVID. And I wanted to make sure if I was talking to people that this time I knew I 100% had it. And so uh, I went yesterday, uh, tested positive, 
I uh, it feels to me like a, a low rate cold. Uh, I've been honest with people. I haven't gotten vaccinated. Uh, I had the alpha version. Now I've got the Omicron version. Uh, and I don't really, th- I mean, I'm having a normal work day. I work, people may or may not know this, but I have a home studio for television, radio, writing. So I had that before COVID. So that's the way that I work. So I'm not really around, uh, anyone other than my family. I'm hanging out down in the bedroom, uh, on my own and then, uh, up here doing the show. So, uh, everybody else in the household has zero issues. Um, and, uh, I don't really know people always like, where did you get it? I don't really know. Uh, I knew we talked about off air, uh, yesterday during the show, I went over and watched on Monday night, the Georgia Alabama game with some friends and one of the kids that was at that event tested positive. And so I told you guys off the air and you were like, well, you should go get tested. You probably definitely have it if that kid had it at the party that you were at. And so, uh, yeah, I tested, uh, I tested positive I think by tomorrow, I'll be back to 100%. I feel almost 100% today. Had a lot of good sleep. I probably need more sleep than I get anyway. Uh, And so I've just been drinking fluids, uh, not taking really anything other than drinking fluids and trying to get some rest. And for what we do, I worry about whether I might lose my voice. We've talked about this before. I mean, we've got kind of a unique job where uh, we make a living based on being able to talk, but... Knock on wood, so far, it doesn't seem I might sound a little bit different to people because, again, I feel like I've got a, a, a low-range cold. But, Buck, in November, people who were listening to us, like, I felt that was one of the worst colds we, I've ever had. We like, both we got wrecked. It. We, yeah. we weren't even in the same city, so it wasn't likely to be, you know, the same strain of virus. It's not like we, uh, we were right next to each other. We both got wrecked with upper respiratory infections. But I, I just want to be clear. It's apparently our fault. In fact, it's everybody's <laughs> fault if you listen to the Democrats. It's Clay's fault. It's my fault. It's everyone's fault when they catch what may be the most infectious upper respiratory pathogen we've ever uh, known, right? I mean, it's got to be up there. It's up there with measles. It's up there with things that if you're in a room with somebody for 15 minutes without immunity, you're probably going to get it. It has to be close to that, right? It's your fault, Biden says, because you haven't done enough of the useless crap They've been mandating, like, masking up between bites and putting up plexiglass. So now it's more testing, better masks, and more and more and more shots, of course. Here he is, just from this morning, trying to tell everybody, I don't even know what he's saying. One. Now, I don't like to, uh, uh, you know, uh, outline the next steps we're taking against, uh, I, I like to outline the next steps we're taking against over on the, uh, the Omicron variant. Vaccinations are obviously the most important thing we're doing, but they're but they're not the only important thing. First, masking, masking. There are there there are a lot you know lots of different kinds of masks out there, and the center for the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, says that wearing a well-fitting mask of of, of any of them is certainly better than not wearing a mask if it's well-fitting. What if uh, over your nose? Okay, oh this God. guy This guy really does need to have the grandkids take him out, put a blanket across his knees, and let him feed the squirrels. This is getting embarrassing. It's, that, it, that's, it, it is start so with bad. That. It's getting weird. It has been weird for a long time. But, Clay, here's, the, here's one of the problems they have. We weren't allowed to question the effectiveness of masks, right? Well, then, if, if that's the case, if masks are great, if any cloth mask, if you're Kamala Biden 2024, you know, balaclava or, uh, you know, gator or whatever it is, is great at stopping virus. 
Why is it that this year they're telling us we need better masks? In fact, they're going to send N95 masks as part of this policy now to people who want them. That's that's an admission that what we had been doing was not very effective, but they won't say it. Buck, listening to Biden talk there, I just want to emphasize to everyone, he's reading off a teleprompter and he still sounds like that. He's not even attempting. They're not even that they would be terrified to put Biden out there without the ability to read directly off of the screen. So when he sounds that bad, he's that bad just reading what's put in front of him. And Buck, the argument, and he continues to say it, that we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated is just not true. And and building on the clip that we played of Dr. Fauci earlier, if everyone is going to get COVID, that's basically what Fauci said in that clip that we played. Hey, you're going to get the Omicron version. You may not know that you have it. Uh, you may not even be uh, symptomatic in any way. Okay. But if you're going to get it, how is there an argument for a vaccine mandate anymore? Because what they used to argue on, on behalf of the vaccine mandate was if you didn't get it, then you would help to spread the virus to others. But if you're now saying that everyone is going to get it, the risk to the unvaccinated, like me, is entirely borne by me, right? If everybody's going to get it, I'm not getting your grandma sick. Your grandma's going to get sick because everybody else is going to get sick too. And so this whole argument that you have to be vaccinated, which they continue to say, isn't true. Look, is it better if you're older, as we've been saying for a long time, and you are vaccinated because of your risk factors? Yes. But it's also better if you're not obese. It's also better if you don't smoke. The risk factors of not getting vaccinated now are entirely borne by the unvaccinated. There's no argument to support a vaccine mandate at all. What they'll say, I think, because people that are being honest about this and, you know, in in, uh, Denmark, not that I can read Danish, but I saw reporting on this. One of the largest newspapers there has apologized for just to to its readership for saying, we should have asked more questions about their version of Fauciism. We should yes. have pushed back on power, which, I mean, this country's corporate media, by and large, there's some exceptions. We're here doing a show, obviously, that millions of people listen to. There are other shows out there in Fox and other places where people can speak the truth or can at least engage in debate. But there's been a betrayal, a betrayal of the fundamental role in a free society of not just the government against the people, but again, but for those who are supposed to be bringing information and accountability into the public conversation, we've seen an abject failure. It's disgusting what the Democrat aligned corporate media has done in this country on the issues of Fauciism, COVID masking. They, they just right now are, are in this this panic mode where it's OK. Now they have to sell doubling down on failed policies that everybody can see have failed. It is not possible to look at what has gone on in the last 60 days and say Fauci and the rest and Walensky got it right. They knew what was coming. By the way, to your point about ending the vaccine mandate, uh, Walensky, the CDC chief, shared information here. I'll I'll make sure because if I get it wrong, obviously, you know, Media Matters is going to say I'm a fascist (laughs) who's going around murdering everyone's grandparents. But Walensky, Clay, shared the latest data out of a study from here you go. Uh, Omicron variant, 53% less risk of hospitalization from symptoms, 74% less risk of ICU admission, 91% less risk of death. Yes. What are we doing? Why are they telling us now you need to mask up 
harder. You need to social distance harder. These people have a mental disorder. You're right. And and the, the honest answer here of what we need to be doing is for a long time, remember how mad they got at the idea if you, if you compared in any way COVID to the flu. Well, we're with the Omicron variant, I think very much comparing it to the flu and saying it's not as bad. And I can say that now, having the virus right now, I would much rather have this Omicron, what I've got right now, than many versions of the flu that I've had over the past, you know, 25 years. You know, when you have the flu, there's that moment in time for everybody out there where you feel like you're legitimately going to die, right? If you have a bad flu, you're laying there, you're nauseous, you're like, this is so bad, you feel like death incarnate. At no point having had COVID twice have I ever remotely felt as bad as when I had a seasonal flu. And can I just say, Germany did the whole N95 mandate thing a year ago. And guess what, everybody? Didn't change a damn thing. We have run these experiments, and the people in charge now cannot admit that they are wrong, cannot admit they can't control this. And so what are they doing? Doubling down. Doesn't matter, Clay. Doesn't matter what the results actually are. But you know what does matter? Having some very comfortable clothing on your back. (laughs) Yep. If you want to dress more comfortably every day, you're going to want to include Tommy John underwear and loungewear. For both men and women, the clothing the company makes available second to none in terms of pure comfort. When you start the year wearing Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable. You can do everything better. That's why Tommy John men's underwear has breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands and... You'll feel the same level of comfort layering their luxuriously soft loungewear right on top. Tommy John loungewear is so comfortable, in fact, and good looking. You can and will be wearing it everywhere. With over 17 million pairs sold, Tommy John doesn't have customers. (coughs) They have fanatics, and we are two of them. Look, I'm waiting for a day when a caller asks Buck just how much Tommy uh, Tommy John gear he owns. And then we're going to ask why Buck is speaking in the third person. But the point is, he owns a lot, and he loves it, and he thinks you will love it, too. The underwear, the T-shirts, the hoodies. The T-shirts and hoodies are just my absolute go-to every day. But I've got these waffle knit uh, crew shirts that I've given to members of my family. They absolutely love them. You will love this gear. It'll be the most comfortable stuff you own. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Buck. That's TommyJohn.com slash Buck for 20% off. It's a great deal. Try this gear. It is my go-to. TommyJohn.com slash Buck. See site for detail. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation 
And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Hour number two. Rolling through the Thursday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you uh, listening out there live. Encourage you to go grab the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck, Buck Sexton's name as well. And you'll be well on your way to being able to make sure that you never miss an interview, such as the one that we're just about to begin right now with Monica Crowley. She's a former assistant treasury secretary under Donald Trump. Just a column up about uh, the idea of a Hillary Clinton comeback. We'll get into that and more. But I want to start, Monica. First, thanks for coming on. Second, inflation yesterday hit 7%, the highest rate it's been since 1982. How do we get back to the Fed's targeted goal of around 2% inflation? And what's the time frame that that might require? Well, hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure. And it is an excellent question. You know, there were some of us last year who were screaming that inflation was going to become a huge problem. I remember being on Fox Business. I was all over radio. I was I was not the only one, but I was certainly saying that inflation looks like it is going to be far more persistent than what we were being told by the powers that be, including President Biden, Vice President Harris, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and the Fed Chair, Jerome Powell. They were all telling us last year, Listen, there is some inflation, but it's going to be transitory. It's all associated with opening the economy back up and all of this pent up demand. But once that dust settles come the fall last year, um, they expected inflation to subside. Well, we have seen the exact opposite. And what we all knew that they either didn't know or ignored is the fact that there was so much money that has been pumped down into the system over the last two years that, of course, there is, there's this excess cash just rolling around the system that, of course, you are going to have inflationary pressures. They thought, well, we can continue to keep interest rates at record lows. And, and with all this fiscal policy, you know, the, the booming demand will come back and, and help mop up all of this cash. Well, that didn't happen. And, you know, obviously, those of us in the, the Trump administration during the pandemic, the president made the very difficult decision to shut down the economy 
for a period of time. And so there was a realization that the government needed to step into the breach. And therefore, we had all of this emergency level spending because we were in an actual emergency. Well, Biden and the Democrats come in uh, January of last year and they continued the emergency level spending without the emergency. So they took a potentially inflationary situation and actually made it come to pass and then exacerbated it by all of this excess spending. So what we have to do now, guys, is stop the spending. Thank God for Joe Manchin stopping Build Back Better. But we've got to make sure that both on the fiscal and monetary sides, there is no more stimulus. No more fiscal stimulus coming out of the the White House and Congress. No more monetary stimulus coming out of the Fed. Speaking to Monica Crowley, former assistant Treasury secretary under Donald Trump, she's also got a piece today up the New York Post, Hillary 2024 with Biden and Harris. Incredibly weak. Clinton sees a comeback. So, Monica, you and I, you and I have known each other for a while. You know the folks that can often formulate a consensus like this, even a short term one in the media, that this is a, is a possibility. You, you really think this is a this is one that we could see in the long term come to fruition? There may be. The great Hillary comeback of 2024, I think for some people, they're going to have nightmares if they think this is possible, but it will be entertaining. (laughs) Well, Hillary Clinton is a recurring nightmare, but it's often fun to talk about Mrs. Clinton, isn't it? Um, Look, I have been talking about this woman for 20 years. She's been on the national stage for 30 years, and I have just seen some moves on her part that suggests to me that as she looks around at the catastrophic collapse of Biden and Harris and then the catastrophic collapse of their policy agenda, disasters in every direction, I think her revenge fantasy is that the Democrats see her as the only viable option going into 24 and that they will come and beg her to save the day. Now, it could transpire in a couple of different ways. I mean, she could certainly run. Uh, I do think there's going to be an open primary uh, because Biden obviously is not running again. He's he's already eating string peas. Okay, so he's not going to make it uh, to 2024. So she could either run in an open primary or if the Democrats decide that Kamala Harris is far too much of a liability to continue, they basically have one year. While this Congress is still in place because Congress has to approve any vice presidential replacement to move her out of the way, make her an offer she can't refuse, get her out of there, and then replace her. Now, they're going to have the identity politics problem because Kamala is a black woman and they don't want to alienate black voters, specifically black women. So Hillary would have a challenge there to try to save off a Stacey Abrams or a, uh, a Keisha Bottoms or someone else like that. But Hillary is a fighter, and I'm telling you, she's, she has refused to go quietly into that dark political night. Her ambition burns as strong as ever, and I'm telling you, she is planning to put Bigfoot all comers to try to get that top job. This is fascinating to think about. You're convinced that Biden is not going to run again. Let's presume that that's Correct. true. When would he make that announcement that he would not seek re-election? Because there's a lot of focus, I think, in the chattering class, including us, about when Trump might announce that he's going to run again in 2024. When do you think Biden would announce, hey, 
you know, he's kind of a lame duck already, presuming that the Democrats lose the House in 2022 and may well lose the Senate as well. What's the time frame for Biden to say basically, hey, I'm done? Well, you know, a lot of Democrats looking at this scenario are, are saying he should not announce anytime soon, certainly not before the midterms. But even in his third year of his presidency, he should not because he will be perceived as a lame duck and get nothing right. done. Well, I have news for those Democrats. He's already a lame duck. I mean, if Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema hold the line on Build Back Better and the big domestic spending agenda and, and this voting uh, nonsense, if they hold the line, his, his domestic agenda is done from here on out, thank God, and certainly after the midterms when Republicans take control, as we believe that they will. So I don't think that is applicable, but I also don't think he's going to make any kind of announcement before his third year in the presidency. He's got to, if he's not going to run, he's got to do it for the party. He's got to step aside so candidates can come forward, fundraising can begin, and all of those things can happen. But he's not going to want to do it before that third year. So the Democrats are in a real, real bind. Monica, do you think that they're going to have to, just by virtue of the fact that they're going into a midterm that everyone now thinks is going to be a, a shellacking, Biden numbers are in the basement and it feels like they might go to the sub-basement pretty soon. Do you think they're going to have to back off some of the crazier COVID restrictions and madness uh, sooner than later? Or is this what the base wants of the Democrat Party? Therefore, they're going to keep us going deep into summer. Because I know the caseload is going to start to lessen. We, we know there's a cyclical nature of this virus. But if they put the country through two or three months of suppressed economic activity and the psychological damage of more crazy restrictions that's going to be something i think is remembered this fall and is going to be reflected in the numbers so how do they how do you think they play it it's very difficult for them to square this circle they're really on the horns of a dilemma because on the one hand they love the restrictions because that's more power and control for them and going into 22 with mail-in voting and all of the things we saw come to pass last year as a result of the pandemic, they want to keep in place so that they can conduct their fraud and their theft and their shenanigans to try to mitigate some of the losses that are coming their way in the fall. But on the other hand, all of these restrictions are a huge drag on the party. You're already seeing not just Biden and the Harris's numbers, but the Democrats' across the board are really suffering in the polls because, number one, you've got this weakening economy. You've got catastrophes in every direction. But I do think that one of the big drivers of that are these COVID restrictions. The American people have had enough. They've had enough of having to show their papers to go to a restaurant. They've had enough of their kids being pulled back and forth like yo-yos with school closures. They've had enough of being told masks work until they don't work. They've had enough, and they're ready now to live their lives with COVID and negotiate life in this new reality. And if the Democrats don't change their tune on these restrictions and start lifting some of these things, I think that the losses they're going to see in November are going to be even worse. That's why you're seeing changing messaging from the White House, changing messaging from Fauci, changing messaging from the CDC. It's not because the science has changed. Has changed. It's because the politics has changed. 
We're talking to Monica Crowley, former assistant treasury secretary under Donald Trump. You mentioned the idea of Hillary Clinton even potentially getting slid in as the vice president. That would require Kamala Harris giving up the office. Do you think there's any chance that she would accept a Supreme Court appointment in the event that Stephen Breyer decided to step down, as many in the Democratic Party are trying to pressure him to do this summer? Well, you know, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to write the column that appears in today's New York Post. And you can see it all across my social media, Twitter, Getter, Instagram. I posted it everywhere. Um, They are going to have to make uh, Vice President Harris an offer she can't refuse because she is not also not going to go quietly into that political night. So unless they have some compromising material or something on her to get her out, she is not going to go quietly. If she stays and runs, she's going to sink like a stone, like she did in the, in the 2020 cycle. They could offer her, as you suggest, something different that, that is perceived as a lateral move, and the Supreme Court would be considered a lateral move from the vice presidency. So they could convince her to do that. Um, but again, they're going to have to do this in the next 12 months, actually the next 11 months, while they still have control of the Congress to try to get a replacement approved. Because once Republicans gain control, it's game over. I mean, if they present Hillary Clinton to a Republican House, <laughs> forget it. It's not going <laughs> to happen. So all of these dominoes are going to have to fall pretty soon if this scenario is going to take place. And if it doesn't, they're going to be stuck with Kamala running for president. And that is going to be a death knell for them. Monica Crowley, everybody, check out NewYorkPost.com today. Hillary 2024. She's got a piece up there. Follow Monica on Twitter. Monica Crowley, my friend. Good to have you. Thanks for being here with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Clay and I love Black Rifle Coffee. It's what we drink every day. It's how we get fired up for this show. It tastes amazing, and it's got a unique story. It's a veteran-owned coffee company that serves premium coffee to people who love America. I know I sound like a coffee purist, but I got to tell you, they've got explosive roast profiles that are just absolutely fantastic. If you're a real coffee drinker like me and Clay... You're going to be all about Black Rifle. Give it a shot. They import their high-quality beans from Colombia and Brazil, and they roast them five days a week at facilities in Tennessee and Utah. They'll ship those fresh roasted beans to your home just the way you want them. I like to do this as part of the Black Rifle Coffee Club. I drink mine hot. Clay likes his cold. He's a cold latte guy. All good. However you want it, they've got you covered. Clay, how do our people get hooked up with Black Rifle? Best way to enjoy this great coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. When you join the club, your chosen brew, roasted, packaged, shipped free to your door on your schedule. If you're always on the go, you can also get the 11-ounce ready-to-drink espresso mocha. That is what I drink and love. You can get your Black Rifle Coffee at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code Clay and Buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com and the promo code Clay and Buck. Welcome into the third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everyone. Thanks for rolling with us. We are moving fast, moving through a lot as we always do. And as promised, we are now joined by Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Got a lot to talk to about. Senator Hawley, appreciate you coming back to hang out with us. Thanks so much, sir. Thanks for having me. 
I, I want to start with this because we've got we had a lot of things to uh, to get through today in the news cycle. We've obviously got doubling down on the COVID mandates that don't seem to have worked very well, and as well as the inflation, everything else. But uh, I want to start with you pushing for an end. I, this, this might seem a little inside baseball to folks or inside the beltway to folks, but an end to members of Congress actively trading stocks. Why should that? Why is that a problem? First, for everyone to to know. Uh, what would give us that scope and scale, and then what should be done about it? Well, all you have to know about why it's a problem is the fact that Nancy Pelosi is absolutely and desperately for stock trading. So, you know, if she is, she's rich, of course, and she wants to continue to be able to, to trade individual stocks, and, and which she and her husband do frequently, and uh, make millions of dollars on it. And the problem with it is, is that, you know, members of Congress are often privy information that uh, about what policies are coming down the pike about what the effect of legislation might be and this is stuff that's not necessarily insider trading i mean i'm not alleging that uh, people have committed any crimes here uh, although folks have been investigated for that in the past but here's my bottom line i think that when people go to congress they ought to be focused on doing what the voters sent them there to do and not distracted by trying to pad their own pockets. And I think one of the easiest ways to do that is just say to members of Congress, you can't own individual stocks. If you want to invest, fine. Do what most Americans do. Put your money in mutual funds. If you don't want to do that, put it in a blind trust. But having individual stocks, trading on them, I think is just an open invitation to abuse and just look at Pelosi and there's the case. Senator Hawley, appreciate you joining us. Uh, we just had Kirsten Cinema take the Senate floor and announce her continued opposition to changing the filibuster rules. I believe right now Biden is talking to the Senate Democrats in a luncheon. You're, you're good at trying to look at strategy, and I was talking about looking at it as a chessboard. Biden's speech on Tuesday going up in flames here on Thursday by members of his own party not supporting him. What in the world is going on here? What am I missing other than this was a clearly uh, harebrained scheme that has 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 not actually had any chance of success? But to have his own party shoot it down, how is it playing on Capitol Hill? Well, I think the real key here is, Clay, this is a guy, Joe Biden, who has 33% support from the American public, and that tells yep. you all you need to know. I mean, you know, you get Kirsten Sinema on the floor distancing herself from him. Joe Manchin has said he's not going to go along with this scheme. Number one, what they want to do is unpopular. What they want to do is take control of all elections and centralize it in Washington, D.C. You know, in my state, Missouri, that would mean canceling our voter ID law, by the way, which is wildly popular, and the voters of Missouri themselves approved directly. Democrats want to take that away. They want to take away control over how to set the rules for absentee ballots and all the rest. And people don't want that. And you add to it that Biden himself is just radioactive because he's so desperately unpopular. So I think that's the key thing. And, you know, Cinnamon Manchin, they actually they listen to their voters and their voters are telling them we don't like this guy. We don't like his agenda. And so, you know, they're looking for the exits. We're speaking to Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Senator, is there going to be? a Biden legislative agenda, so to speak, this year? Or are you expecting, given what we've seen so far from Senators Cinema and Manchin, that it's essentially going to be gridlock, right? This is just going to continue on. We'll hear a lot of talk about the insurrection and racism and voter suppression, but nothing's actually going to get done by the Democrats in Congress, and the Biden administration is going to go into the midterms without a whole lot to show for the first two years? Or, or do you think they may actually pull something off and... What would that be? Uh, I'd be surprised if they were able to get much done. And again, when you've got a president who is as unpopular as this president is, 
and you know, who basically told the whole country on Tuesday that we're all insurrectionists now. I mean, you know, that was, that was his message is that if you are not in favor of giving Joe Biden control over elections in your state, then you're an insurrectionist. You're a domestic enemy, I believe he said. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, really, just totally insane. So I think that we're looking at a year here where the Democrats do a lot of finger pointing. They do a lot of yelling. They do a lot of yelling at the American people, you know, and keep calling the American people names. And we'll see how that works out for them. But uh, I I just don't think that they're going to get much accomplished because they are so unpopular. And I can tell you from my part, I I certainly am not just going to lay down and and let them – take over federal elections, let them keep spending our money that's driving up inflation, uh, let them continue to drive the working people of this country into the ground. I mean, it, it's really what they're trying to do is nuts and people don't want it. Senator Hawley, we were hoping we might get a ruling from the Supreme Court on the Biden vaccine mandate. I'm sure you paid attention to the oral arguments. You're very well skilled in terms of analyzing the Supreme Court in general. What do you expect the Supreme Court to do, and what do you think they should do with the Biden vaccine mandates that they argued about uh, on Friday of last week? Well, they should strike it down. I mean, I think there's absolutely no legal basis for it, Clay. I mean, it, it, this is not authorized by Congress. I'm not sure Congress could authorize it if it wanted to. I mean, I'm not sure that there's a constitutional basis, but whatever, Congress has not authorized it, and the president doesn't get to just make up laws in our system of government, at least didn't used to be able to. So, you know, what is the court going to do is a little different question. But I have to say, listening to the argument, and uh, I always have to say, as somebody who, you know, I've worked at that court, I've litigated it at that court, you know, predicting that court is tough business. But just counting votes from listening to the argument, I thought I counted six who sounded awfully darn skeptical about uh, the, the, the Biden mandate, uh, the vaccine mandate. And so if I had to guess, I'd guess the court would strike it down. And I think that is the right thing. When will they do it? Any day. I mean, I, I, any day. I, this is argued on an emergency basis and that the clock is ticking. Obviously, individuals, private citizens need to know. Employers need to know. So uh, I, I'd expect to hear from them imminently. How, I talked about this on the show Friday right after we listened to the arguments, and I know you have worked at the Supreme Court, so this is going to be, uh, I would imagine, have really upset you as well. Regardless of what somebody like Sonia Sotomayor may believe about the vaccine mandate, we can have a you know nuanced legal argument about the constitutionality of the provision. I agree with you. I think it should be struck down. But for her to get her facts so wrong, for Stephen Breyer to do the same, and frankly, for Elena Kagan to do as well, how much did that upset you? And how do you think that happens? Because I believe you've been a Supreme Court clerk. And the thing you want to make sure, I would imagine, is that your justice gets the facts right. Because if you don't get the facts right, your opinion is going to be flawed. How disappointed were you? in the way that those facts were spread so inaccurately by Supreme Court justices? I was surprised. I mean, I'll tell you the truth. I was I was really surprised. I mean, because it, it the numbers and the so-called facts that you heard coming out of, of some of their mouths was, was really more akin to propaganda. I mean, 100,000 kids on ventilators or whatever it was that one of the justices said, just a set of my or. Uh, you know, that's, that's just, that's wildly, radically wrong. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate to see the sort of left-wing propaganda and, and really like far left, uh, crazy conspiratorial left, to see that being uh, talked about and, and used by justices in Supreme Court arguments. I mean, that, you know, that's 
that's really, really worrisome. I'll just say, though, while we're on the subject of COVID, if you want to talk about these, these high case counts, and they're high right now all over the country, they're high in my home state of Missouri, and guess whose fault that is in terms of just being prepared or unprepared? Joe Biden. I mean, who didn't order additional testing when he had the ability? Who has been totally derelict in his duty this whole last year to develop new treatments for COVID? Joe Biden has been. I mean, this administration has done a terrible job. So I tell you, I mean, if, if you want to talk about high COVID case numbers, just look at this administration and their total failure this year to do anything that would actually help Americans through this crisis. Senator Josh Hawley, Missouri, before we let you go, there's breaking news out right now that a leader of the Oath Keepers group has been arrested in connection to the January 6th investigation. I'm not even sure if you've got a chance to see the story or see any of the details, but are we essentially going to hear about the so-called insurrection every day from now until the midterms? Is, Is this going to be a focal point of the Democrats' pitch to make sure that even though they failed in every agenda and every way, they should still somehow uh, keep power. And what are your expectations? Yeah, I think that is exactly what's going to happen. You know, and I think that the, the Democrats, they don't, they don't have anything to offer the American people other than this agenda that's hugely and radically unpopular. And so they're going to try it and change the subject. And January 6th of last year became their effort, their excuse, their, uh, their rationale for trying to govern in a constant state of emergency and a state of fear. It is what has, has led them to treat parents as domestic terrorists, it is what has led them to treat uh, the unvaccinated as if they are somehow second-class citizens and, uh, you know, I mean, deserve to die, which is essentially what you hear the President of the United States saying. I mean, it, the way they've tried to govern by fear and repression and have used the, the levers of the state, of state power, uh, against their political opponents, against ordinary parents, is crazy. And they root so much of that in their narrative of January 6th. Now, let me just say, as I said to you guys before, people who committed crimes on that day ought to be prosecuted and go to jail. And that's true for rioters wherever they are, at the Capitol, at courthouses. It, I don't care where they are. So if you commit a crime, you ought to go to jail for it. But that's not what the left is saying. They're out there saying that, oh, boy, this is our excuse to to, to treat half this country as insurrectionists and to try to suppress speech we don't like and to try to get our way permanently in Washington, and I just think that's wrong. Senator Hawley, the uh, playoffs start this weekend, and my Tennessee Titans ah, are the good. number one seed in the AFC, knocking your Chiefs down yeah. to number two. You've got Ben Roethlisberger yeah. and the Steelers. How nervous are you about not being the one seed for a change? <laughs> yeah, we got robbed. I mean, that's that's just the truth, Clay. You know, it's true. No, um, I mean, congrats to the Titans. That's great. Uh, but I, I listen. I think that I think we're in great position. Uh, it's great to be playing at home. Obviously, uh, this coming Sunday. I think the Steelers. Not to take anything away from the Steelers, but I think that's a good matchup for us. And you know, we we uh, we had a great outing against the Steelers just a few weeks ago. I think it was thirty six ten was our our score then. And and uh, I think that we're in really good position here. And really, you know, the Chiefs have really come down the stretch uh, strong. I mean, a 9-1 and one to finish the season, that's pretty darn good. Uh, that game in Cincinnati was, you know, an interesting one, especially in the final few minutes. We can talk about that if you want, but I have a lot of thoughts about the officiating. But uh, in any event, I, I really feel like we're in good position, and uh, I, like, I like my Chiefs. Senator Josh oh, Hawley. We're in the AFC Championship. Buck, you're going to be fired up too, right? I, as soon as I find out <laughs> what these teams are and what's going on, absolutely, Clay. Very fired up. Senator Hawley, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You know, if you go right now on the MyPillow.com website, folks, you're going to see so many amazing products that are part of my day-to-day life, Clay's, his whole family. 
We have the my pillows. We've got the Giza Dream sheets, the towel sets. You have all these incredible products. I mean, they've got bedding, mattresses, slippers, clothing, stuff for your pets. You got to go to mypillow.com. And if nothing else, try the Giza Dream sheets. These are made from the world's best cotton. They're ultra soft and breathable, but very durable as well. They got a luxurious finish. You won't believe how how high end they feel for the price it's like nothing else they're amazing clay there's a great deal right now for mike lindell's my pillow on those giza dream sheets what is it no doubt for a limited time giza dream sheets buy one get one free with the promo code clay and buck all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee go to mypillow.com click on radio listener specials to get the giza dream sheets buy one get one free with code clay and buck or you can call 800-792-3269. Do it today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaking news, friends. The Supreme Court has blocked the Biden administration vaccine rule for large businesses. The stay is in place, but it is allowing the mandate for some health care workers. Again, this is a big victory, at least in the short term, for those who felt the OSHA mandate of over 100 employees and you have to get the shot or get tested uh, is unconstitutional excessive way beyond the scope of what osha is supposed to be able to do by statutory authority as an administrative agency and clay this 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 is a big one and what this tells you is at least as of right now now 
It's not ruling on the merits, right? So we'll get into this in a second. It's not saying that it is uh, clearly unconstitutional, right? But it is saying that for right now, unless I'm missing something, we're getting this. This just broke in about the last uh, three minutes we're seeing this, folks. Um, It seems that right now the stay is in place. And that is where we are, Clay. So what what do you I mean, look, I, I this is what you predicted. I predicted it's what we wanted. It's also not over. What do you think of the immediate implications? This is I mean, it's funny because we just had Senator Josh Hawley on. If you were listening and I said, hey, you know, trying to analyze based on the questions, what do you anticipate occurring? And again, this just came down a few minutes ago, so I haven't had time to read the actual Supreme Court opinion. Uh, but by a six to three a majority opinion that is the six conservative in quotation marks justices have all said uh, that the federal government cannot put in place uh, the mandate as it pertains to 84 million people out there under OSHA. They did, however, allow it for workers at federally funded health care facilities to take effect. That was the two part uh, discussion they were uh, they were having. Uh, but this is basically exactly what I expected to happen on the big vaccine mandate for Joe Biden. I believed it was unconstitutional based on the questions, as we talked about on Friday, Buck. uh, It was quite clear uh, that Breyer, Sotomayor and Kagan not only had a very, uh, very, I would say, inaccurate view of the basic facts of covid in the country, but based on the way that they provided questions, it was clear that they were going to support Biden's ability to do this under the OSHA uh, regulatory state. Um, I believe that what was significant, again, I haven't had time to read the opinion. Uh, You'll be able to see it shortly. I can see that it's up now for everybody to be able to read at supremecourt.gov. We talked about this earlier in the week that we thought there was a decent chance this ruling may come down on Thursday They did not put it out at 10 a.m. Eastern, which we thought they might earlier today. But again, it just came down in the last couple of minutes. I think it's a monster win for civil liberties. It's a stay, though. It's not over, everybody. Right. So this is this. They're still going to rule on the merits eventually. As I read this right now, it says many states, businesses and look at the opinion right now. Uh, National Federation of Independent Business v. OSHA. And it says the Fifth Circuit initially entered a stay. When the cases were consolidated before the Sixth Circuit, that court lifted the stay and allowed OSHA's rule to take effect. Applicants now seek emergency relief from this court, arguing that OSHA's mandate exceeds its statutory authority and is otherwise unlawful. Agreeing that applicants are likely to prevail, we grant their applications and stay the rule. Now, I think everyone, Clay, right? I mean, Based on the way this goes down, based on the reality of what the judges hear, you know, the stay is effectively going to be most likely the same rundown as the final decision. It's technically not final in that sense, but it is a huge win. I mean, this for people that felt that this was this was unconstitutional and overreach, because, by the way, think about where we're going to be in June when they actually look at this. Oh, there's going to be more pressure and urgency then. I don't think so. No, it's a monster win. And you talk about a double body blow to Joe Biden. You're talking about in the space of the time that we've been on the air today, Buck. You had a senator from his own party, Kirsten Cinema, take to the floor and specifically reject Biden's demand from Tuesday that the filibuster rules be changed in the Senate. And then while he's having a press conference at the Capitol Hill discussing the luncheon that he went to with the Senate Democrats, 
the Supreme Court drops this uh, result, which effectively, to your point, effectively is a repudiation of the executive branch's power under OSHA to be able to mandate this vaccine requirement. So for many people out there listening, people who are uh, listening to us and they're saying, "Okay, what does this mean? It means if you are employed, as two thirds of people are at an employer with 100 or more employees and your place of work has been saying you have to get this vaccine because of Joe Biden's OSHA mandate, that does not apply. So your employer can still try and make requirements as it pertains to the vaccine, but they cannot cite it as justified based on Joe Biden. Now it'll be interesting to see as well how some of the states respond, because part of the argument here, the oral arguments was, and it seemed as though Sotomayor didn't understand this difference, to be totally honest with you, between the plenary powers of states, police powers of states versus what the federal government has. You may still have states. I'm thinking about this, of course, because I'm in New York. Enjoy your freedom, Mr. Travis. Tennessee is going to be a different situation. But in New York, they still have in place the New York state demands and mandates that this will not in any way relieve people from, which is why state level protection is so important. By the way, you have in states like Florida and Texas. I don't know. Do you know? Do they have this in Tennessee, too? You are not allowed to mandate as a condition of employment the vaccine. Uh, That's right. So some states. And some governors decided that they were actually going to protect people from that tyranny inside their own state at the state level. And uh, and that, I think, should be something that we remember here, too, because it's not over. Right. None of this is over. But this is a big a big win is the headline against the unconstitutional OSHA mandate from Biden. And that's a good point by you, uh, because it's gets very confusing for lots of people out there. The Supreme Court has been far more likely to allow local and statewide regulations as it pertains to COVID. And in fact, if you go back and look at historical precedent, a lot of people were saying on the left wing, well, there's no way the court can strike down Joe Biden's uh, OSHA mandate because some 100 years ago or so, they allowed in Jacobson a local requirement of a vaccine to be upheld. What the Supreme Court is saying and has said with a pretty clear voice, even as you point out that Sonia Sotomayor may not understand the difference is Cities and states have local power to make decisions for their constituents, but the federal government cannot come in and put uh, in place this ruling, certainly not under OSHA. And if you heard Josh Hawley, he actually made a good point. It's, and we don't have that issue at play right now, but could they do it through the legislature? He didn't think that would be constitutional either, but certainly you can't do it through the executive branch. And this is also why I think it's significant that 52 senators voted against Biden's vaccine mandate, if you remember, Buck, including a couple of senators who were Democrats that turned their back on Biden there. I do think that was still significant as well because it demonstrated the legislative branch did not agree with the executive branch. It it really is. I made this uh, point, the simplification of all this, I think a couple weeks ago we talked about it, Clay, that, you know, could OSHA say that because of the rise in crime, Everybody has to have an AR-15 by the cash register ready to go just in case someone tries an armed robbery. Under the expansive Biden regime point of view, the answer to that would actually be, of course, they would never want to do that. But the answer to that would be they would have the authority, right? It's about health. It's about safety. They can make you do whatever they want. 
Um, that was rejected here. Of course, they, they went to rent down along the lines we thought it would, which justices were in favor, which justices were opposed. So it is very unlikely now that you're going to be able to get this at the federal level. And it also, I think, adds into the conversation here, Clay. And we should get to the lines here because I'm sure people are going to be fired off to weigh in as we uh, close out the show today. But when we talk about the unconstitutionality of these Biden mandates, and we talk about overreach and tyranny, <laughs> we're not exaggerating because we're trying to get people's attention. We're not just saying because we don't like Biden. It's the truth. That is what is happening here. What they are doing is violence to the Constitution. They are undermining the rule of law. They are overreaching and acting like tyrants. And this is a huge, a huge blow for freedom and against tyranny today. So everyone should get a little bit, uh, a little bit extra pep in their step. What do you say? I, I think also maybe we can give a little bit of a nod to Donald Trump. Because if Hillary Clinton had got to make these three Supreme Court appointments, guess what they would have said? Biden would have had the power to institute a federal vaccine mandate. I don't think if Hillary Clinton had gotten three Supreme Court nominees on the court instead of Donald Trump, I think this thing would be upheld. And let's just remind remind everybody, had that happened, and Clay's absolutely right, Texans, Floridians, Tennesseans, 80-plus employees, you'd be forced to get the vax too. Those were the stakes here. It was going to be federal, top-down for everybody. So, huge win. Monster. I'm, I'm pretty pumped, Buck. I mean, I was afraid, because that, that, you know, we, we did our analysis on Friday. I was so disappointed by how bad the questions were. Uh, I thought it would go 6-3. That's what I said on Friday, based on the questions, but I was a little bit nervous about it. So I'm super excited that we had the Supreme Court willing to stand up for freedom. Uh, now's the time, by the way, to save yourself some serious money each month. It really isn't difficult to make it happen. Just refi your mortgage. And you could do it now with American financing before rates go any higher. We're going to see rate hikes this year. Right now, this is still an opportunity to get a great rate locked in. Make the time right now to call American Financing because you can't put it off any longer. It can mean up to $1,000 a month in savings plus tens of thousands of dollars long term. doesn't cost you anything to learn more. American Financing will take care of you, and they will hook you up in a big way. Here's all you have to do. Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. You could skip two mortgage payments and can close in as fast as 10 days when you call AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, NMLS Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. who's called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane. And he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. 
I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.